this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W. G. M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me once again is Mr. Positivity. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. That's not positivity. <laughs> uh, uh, Only two more episodes left of that. Wow. <laughs> and it's the... Uh, we're almost through our favorite childhood movies stretch, so... Mm-hmm. Yet, I just realized that's on the fucking Ninja Turtles one, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> will be on this one and the little big league one and probably our next recently seen yeah and then it'll be done and then we'll we'll have something new <laughs> another norbic clip <laughs> possibly that's that's uh what i'm leaning towards unless i find something else in the interim well you'll have a couple of weeks to mull it over seems like it today is a recently seen episode uh, next week, we're going to be doing an episode on Little Big League. And then, yeah, that'll wrap up our focus on childhood movies. Mm-hmm. And then we don't know what we're going to focus on after that. No, we don't. Something between now and the summer. <laughs> we always have something planned for the summer. If you have suggestions, let us know. Hit us up on the Twitter. I thought about doing some addiction movies, but... Uh, so depressing. <laughs> yeah, there be some depressing ones. Uh, so, yeah, um, this is a recently seen up, and Brett completed the movie challenge for You Only Live Twice. So we'll hear about that later. We will hear about that <laughs> later. All right, let's get on with it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? All right, I will go first. I saw a new movie at the Cineplex recently called The Photograph. You did? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I chose to skip that one. Documentary on Nickelback? <laughs> it's like that meme that the president tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, The Photograph... Uh, came out in 2020. It was directed by Stella Maggie. Also written by Stella Maggie. Starring Lakeith Stanfield, Chelsea Peretti, Issa Rae, Shante Adams, Tiona Paris, Kelvin Harrison Jr., Loose, your boy, <laughs> Jasmine Cephas Jones. He comes at night. <laughs> he does. Hi That's ah. Yeah. Ah. That's ah. 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 Noel, Rob Morgan, Lorel Howry, Kenneth uh, Kent Bryan, Wakima Hollis, and that's about it. Synopsis: A series of intertwining love stories set in the past and in the present. That's what the trailer looked like. <laughs> that it did. Seen that trailer many times. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> Much more than me. You could probably tell me more about this movie than I can. <laughs> no comment. So, yeah, um, I've liked Lakeith Stanfield pretty much anything I've seen him in. He's always been a pretty good actor, up-and-comer. 
Um, I don't know much about Issa Rae, but she's in that new. Is basically like Stuber too. She's with that. <laughs> she's in the new Camille Nanjiani movie. <laughs> yeah, she's got a show on HBO. Yeah, it, yeah, she's in The Outsider, right? No. Well, I don't think so. What does she, she have on HBO? I think it's called. Well, don't you? I'm have, thinking of Cynthia Ervo has a show on. I think it's called Insecure. It's a comedy. She was a comedy on HBO. Okay, I haven't even heard of that. I think I it was HBO. I think it was based off of uh, she had a YouTube show or something, and then they they uh, turned it into an HBO show. Okay. Well, yeah, these are the the main characters in this story of love, past and present, if you will. Um, so yeah, it kind of goes into their family history. Find it hard to compare it to anything. It is, I wouldn't say it's original, but it's not cliche either yeah it's a decently original love story as much as one can be i guess uh liberal howry provides a little comic relief Mm -hmm. but he's uh he's kind of he's like the the wholesome you know family friend or i should say he's like best friends with lakeith stanfield but he has a whole family Mm -hmm. he's a real family man so he isn't as Usual little real self. Oh. <laughs> See, she did a little sip and smile over there. That was his light in the trailer. <laughs> she did a little sip and smile. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought the performances were uh, pretty good. The story is in- interesting enough. I wasn't bored, but I wasn't blown away by this at all. Uh, I, I enjoyed it, but overall, I consider it it's a real last resort of a movie. Like I enjoyed it. I liked it, but you don't have to go out of your way to see it. There you go. I was slightly disappointed. It's a last resort. I don't know what expectations you had for the photograph, but they might have they might have been too high. <laughs> I know he was in your favorite movie of twenty nineteen, so did you see did you see Knives Out? I forget. No. He's in that too. Uh I, get out. I'm sorry to bother you. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> just wait until the 2023 version of Joker. <laughs> <laughs> he's really keen on doing a Joker movie. Maybe he could play Joker in that new Nathan Fielder show that the Safty brothers are developing. Mm. Could be. That'd be interesting. Uh, here's a new movie that I saw. It's called The Lodge. Have you heard of The Lodge? I have. I saw the trailer for this probably about four months ago and then never heard about it again until some people on Twitter were tweeting about it. I'm a fan of Riley Keough, so I'm uh, interested to see it. It's uh, directed by Severin Fiala and Veronica Franz. Stars Richard Armitage, Alicia Silverstone. Ooh, working again. Well, you could say that. Riley Keough, uh, Jaden Martell, and Leah McHugh. And the synopsis is a soon-to-be stepmom is snowed in with her fiancé's two children at a remote holiday village. Just as relations begin to thaw between the trio... Some strange and frightening events take place. Uh, this was something else. This is quite the uh, the horror movie. I would say stylistically, it's kind of it reminded me of It Comes at Night and Hereditary. It's it's very slow paced, very atmospheric, very kind of moody and and little bit dark um they are in a uh, cabin kind of out in the middle of nowhere no, they're in a lodge they're in a lodge whatever <laughs> it's a cabin <laughs> but uh it's a cottage by the lake <laughs> <laughs> but it's winter time so uh so yeah they go up there um the dad wants his new fiance to get to know his kids and his kids to know his new fiance and so they head up there for christmas 
Um, and he leaves them up there for a couple days. He's got to go do some work, and uh, he'll be back, you know, in a few days. Well, uh, after his dad leaves, uh, things kind of go haywire. Uh, and I don't want to get into the details too much because I, I don't want to spoil the movie. Uh, but I will say I felt it was genuinely disturbing. It won't, I don't know if I enjoyed it, but it was, it was really well made. And, uh, I think it achieved what it was setting out to achieve as far as the feeling that you got while viewing it. So I'll recommend it as an eventually. All right. Eventually. Up next for me, I watched a film from back in the day, from 1961, The Hustler. From way back in the day. Now, I hadn't, I've seen bits and pieces of this, seen a good chunk of it, but I never watched it from beginning to end before. I don't think I've ever watched it either. I bought it a while back, and I finally got around to watching it because Paul Newman's probably, uh, probably my favorite actor. He's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like when I think, like old older generations of Hollywood actors, Newman's my favorite. I feel like I've only seen a couple of his movies, though. Yeah. Well, this was directed by Robert Rawson, starring Paul Newman, Jackie Gleason, Piper Laurie, George C. Scott, Myron McCormick, Murray Hamilton, Michael Constantine. Jake LaMotta played a bartender in here. The raging bull himself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet it was chubby Jake LaMotta. Well, there are some long synopses in here. And a short one. An up-and-coming pool player plays a longtime champion in a single high-stakes match. So, yeah, Paul Newman is a pool hustler. <laughs> that synopsis sounds like the end of the Mac. <laughs> Well, isn't the Mac also about hustling? <laughs> you know the rules of the game. Your bitch chose me. Uh, yeah, Paul Newman's a pool hustler. Considers himself the best player in the country. But in order to prove it, he's got to beat Minnesota Fats, played by Jackie Gleason. See, now you can't. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you can't have nicknames like Fats anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he owns it like this guy does. There were a couple of fats back then. Minnesota Fats, Fats Domino. There's got to be other ones, too. You know the rest. Mm-hmm. It was uh, different seeing Piper Laurie young. <laughs> I'm trying See, to think. What, the oldest thing I've seen her in is Carrie, I think. Was she the, uh, what is she in there, the mom? Yeah. Okay. And she's also in Twin Peaks, which is... 12 years after Carrie. It was like 30 years after The Hustler. Yeah. So, yeah, it was different seeing her uh, at a young age, or at least younger age. This movie was pretty great. It's kind of famous for, quote-unquote, snubbing Paul Newman of his Oscar. He was nominated, but he didn't win Best Actor. Hmm. But he won for The Color of Money in 86, in which he reprises the role of Fast Eddie Felsen from The Hustler. So it was a sequel. And Scorsese's like, it's been 25 years. Let's do a sequel. <laughs> to a classic Hollywood film. That's the norm now. That's, yeah. They do that all the time these days. So people kind of consider that win a makeup win. Although I think the last time I looked at the field for 86, at least the nominees, I wasn't too impressed. Like, well, yeah, it's Paul Newman <laughs> acting well in a field that isn't too crowded. Yeah. So... I don't care if it's a makeup win. You know, he was he was great in here. Performances all around were really good. You know, I don't see Jackie Gleason in too many things outside of the Honeymooners. I'm trying to think of what else I've seen him in. The Toy. <laughs> I don't think, well. Have you seen The Toy? I, I have seen at least parts of The Toy. It's not as funny as I'd hoped. <laughs> Although, if uh, there's a lot of Richard Pryor movies that aren't as funny as I'd hoped. <laughs> yeah. It's a PG. It's a, it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, great performances in here all around. 
can be a heavy drama at times. There's some addiction troubles uh, highlighted in here, hmm. not just with Paul Newman and drinking, but also Piper Laurie. Yeah, I won't uh, spoil too much. So yeah, go out and see the Hustler soonish. Soonish. Great pool playing in there. All right. I like hustling movies, like <laughs> pool hustling movies, or just, I guess, sports outside the mainstream that you can bet on. <laughs> Like pool. Uh, you bet on yourself. Bowling, like Kingpin, Big Lebowski, although they don't bet that much in there. Did I see they're make it, there's a, like a spinoff of Big Lebowski yeah. coming out? Jesus? Jesus. Yeah. Nobody so, fucks with the Jesus. Is that a wide release? I think so. Probably, well, I don't know. We'll see. You think it would have to be with all the I haven't seen Lebowski any fanboys out there. I haven't seen any advertising for it. I think it just happened across it on IMDb or Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. But I, I haven't seen a trailer or anything. I don't know. Maybe uh, after it was stalled after the Me Too movement, they're like, well, maybe we shouldn't make a movie about a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> What's a pederass, Walter? Shut the fuck up, Donnie. <laughs> I'm not going to make a joke here. I'm going to keep it classy. And we're going to talk about uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is what I'm going to talk about next. Ooh. It's a brand new movie in theaters. Wasn't necessarily uh, planning on seeing it, but uh, I thought I'd give it a shot. Uh, it stars Ben Schwartz as the voice of Sonic, James Marsden, Jim Carrey, Tika Sumter, uh, Natasha Rothwell, Adam Pally, uh, Lee Majub, Neil McDonough, Tom uh, Tom Butler, Frank C. Turner, Melody Nosifo Neiman. That's the main cast. Directed by Jeff Fowler. And the synopsis is, after discovering a small blue fast hedgehog, a small town police officer must help it defeat an evil genius who wants to do experiments on it. That's a weird way to put it. Wants to do experiments on it. <laughs> this, I was, uh, I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, Jim Carrey was uh, probably the the best part of the movie he's uh his overacting actually seemed to fit the character and the film that he's in yeah and he's not as over animated and uh hyper as he was in his younger days so it it fit really well he had a couple good uh one-liners and stuff in there too uh it was it was pretty funny the Sonic character was kind of hit and miss as far as uh, the comedy goes. Uh, overall, the story was it was pretty entertaining. How was the mouth? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it looked fine. <laughs> I thought the CGI was fine. Um, I did enjoy some of the product placement in it. There's one scene where... Uh, so, uh, James Marsden's character is thinking about leaving his small town and going out to San Francisco to join the police force. Mm -hmm. And there's a scene where his girlfriend is uh, talking to him about it, and uh, he says, he points at her laptop, he's like, what you doing over there? Or what are you doing over there? And she says, oh, I'm just looking at San Francisco apartments on Zillow.com. <laughs> and it had Zillow.com up on her laptop. <laughs> <laughs> And then they had a couple of good ones for the Olive Garden, uh, which was, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was funny. Yeah. Overall, you know, it, it was, uh, like I said, it was pretty enjoyable. Uh, I think it, it appeals, to, it would appeal to a, a broad audience, and it's not surprising that it's doing as well at the box office as it is. Uh, I'm kind of in between on ratings on this, because... I don't think you necessarily have to go see it, but if you do, I think you're gonna you're gonna enjoy yourself. So I think it just falls in the last resort category for me. So we'll go with that. It's a last resort. 
but it's close. All right. Last film I'm going to talk about from 1998, 54. <laughs> <laughs> Were you waiting for a reaction? <laughs> no. <laughs> I was just wondering if you're confused that I gave you six numbers. <laughs> Wait. 1990 is a 98 or 1954 no <laughs> the movie I, is called 54 i remember that movie yeah and not seeing it <laughs> <laughs> i remember not seeing that movie directed by mark christopher also written by mark christopher oh he's got two first names yeah god what a mark <laughs> <laughs> with a c or a k well this guy spells his with a k <laughs> christopher with a c it's probably better than the other <laughs> way around. <laughs> All right. Uh, starring Ryan Phillippe, Selma Hayek, Nev Campbell, Mike Myers, Sella Ward, Brecken Meyer, uh, Sherry Stringfield. Remember when Brecken Meyer used to get movies? Yep. In 98? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Road Trip is about 2000, 2001. He had Go in there? Yep. Ellen Albertini Dow. You know her as the rapping grandmother from Wedding Singer, mm. as well as some other films. She's also the, the dirty grandma from, well, she's the racist, like homophobic grandma from Wedding Crashers. <laughs> Did we just do another movie with her? Yeah, she's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, Cameron Matheson, Erica Alexander. She was in Get Out. She was that. Uh, Police detective that didn't believe Lil Rel's story. Mark Ruffalo's in here. Ron Jeremy. Of course he is. He was probably in 54. Not just the movie. Yeah. Synopsis. The famous 1970s New York City nightclub seen and told through the eyes of a young employee. You know that older lady you talk about? She's also in Road Trip and Ready to Rumble. Mm-hmm. You probably know her best from Ready to Rumble. <laughs> uh, that was okay. So yeah, I had kind of heard this movie was not good. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew I was going to like the music and uh, another film because kind of similar called The Last Days of Disco I absolutely loved. So I'm like, well, if this is anything close, I'll probably enjoy it. And... The soundtrack to 54 is not even close, not even half as good as Last Days of Disco soundtrack. There's a couple of decent songs in there, but like the Last Days of Disco soundtrack, I don't know how they could afford it. Yeah. They can't even put the album out now. Like you can't get the soundtrack on iTunes. Like you have to get all the songs separate. Like they sold the CD back in the day. Yeah. But yeah, like they won't. You can't get all those artists to agree on but what take they're going to get. <laughs> probably probably out of print. But uh, yeah, Ryan Phillippe is the young employee that uh, the nightclub has seen and told through his eyes. Young kid, wants to get a job, wants to you know, get out of the burbs, lower class family, wants some excitement in his life. So he starts working at 54. Oh, that old story. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mike Myers is kind of the bright spot in the movie. He was very good. He plays uh, Steve Rubel, who was the kind of the real-life architect of Studio 54. He kind of ran it. and hmm. uh, He was kind of an eccentric guy and made he – was, he was on TV a lot talking about the club because this club is so huge in the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. With all the celebrities there, they do some of that. In here, like, oh, there's Truman Capote, there's Andy Warhol, hmm. some of like the 54 regulars, I guess. <laughs> and then they kind of replace other celebrities with fake celebrities in the story. Like, Neff Campbell plays some, uh, like a soap opera actress or something like that. Okay. But yeah, it's kind of one of those, I guess, party movies where, you know, people start doing drugs and drinking more, and, you know, that leads to. <laughs> Unfortunate consequences. What? <laughs> what? And uh, not everything done at the club behind the scenes is, how do I say it, uh, on the level. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I think going to see where it's going. Uh, yeah, kind of a, a real misfire. I'd heard there was kind of a competition between uh, these, this movie and Last Days of Disco because they came out about the same year, you know, which mm-hmm. one to come out first. And I think, uh, let me check here. See, yeah, this came out August 28th. Last Days of Disco came out June 12th. But I think they were making Last Days of Disco far before 54 started filming. I think they kind of, the studios knew, like, oh, that studio's doing a 54 movie. Yeah. Well, this movie's doing a movie with basically a 54 type club. Mm-hmm. You know, disco themes and whatnot. So they were kind of racing to get it out. But uh, you can't tell if Last Days of Disco rushed it out because it's leaps and bounds better than 54. So I will say it's, I mean, if you're into that, I know, I guess, I don't know how true everything is. I looked some of the things up in 54 and it was, you know, there's some true stuff in there. So if you want to learn more about 54, if you're really interested in disco or I guess that era of New York City, and maybe give it a look see mainly for Mike Myers performance is pretty good. Otherwise it's meh. You can skip it. All it's, right. a, it's a last resort. It's a last resort. Could probably just go look up reruns of I love the seventies. Good. VH one back when <laughs> it was good. Back before MTV owned it. Uh, now it's just love and basketball. Or basketball wives, it's probably basketball wives. Love and basketball is the movie with uh... <laughs> love and hip hop. That's what it is. <laughs> love and hip hop and basketball wives, <laughs> <laughs> like Cowboy Bebop and Rocksteady. They <laughs> just put them together. It's the same thing. Uh... So yeah, you completed the movie challenge for. You only live twice, so let's from nineteen sixty seven. You only live twice, which is a non sequitur. <laughs> uh, directed by Lewis Gilbert, stars uh, Sean Connery, Akiko, Akiko Wakabayashi, uh, Mihama, Tetsuro Tanba, Teru Shimada. Karen Dor, Donald Donald Pleasance, Bernard Lee, Lois Maxwell, Desmond Llewellyn, Charles Gray, uh, and I'll mention the High Chief Peter Maivia <laughs> plays the driver, car driver. Yeah, I, I still had no idea until you told me today. I was like, oh, really? I should well, look I, up for that next time. I didn't recognize him either, but uh, yeah, Peter Maivia is the grandfather of Dwayne Johnson hmm. on his mother's side. <laughs> I see. And so he was uh, He was also a wrestler. the side? Yeah. Okay. What's no. his other side? Uh, black. Okay. His dad, I don't know if he's 100% Samoan or what? His dad just died, Rocky yeah. Johnson. And then, uh, yeah. So, Peter Maivia makes an appearance. Uh, synopsis, secret agent James Bond and the Japanese Secret Service must find and stop the true culprit of a series of space hijackings before war is provo- provoked between Russia and the United States. Again. <laughs> This movie was ridiculous. <laughs> yes, it was. And not necessarily in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> I uh to be honest, I got bored with it and then it kind of lost my attention and then it was j- I was just shaking my head at some of the cringy stuff that that happens throughout it. Like the racist cringy <laughs> stuff or other <laughs> cringy stuff? Oh. Well, some of all, some of it, some racist, some not racist. The sexist stuff. Men come first and women come second. <laughs> well, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> but there is, I don't know, it just, it, it wasn't interesting to me. I don't know. It uh, Maybe if Donald Pleasance was earlier in the film, 
maybe. He doesn't show up till about an hour in. And then you don't see him till another like twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah. Like you just get his back. But uh even so, like his character was I don't know, he just it didn't do anything for me. He was not very like he didn't seem like charismatic or like like super interesting. He just had a cat and a scar on his face. Mm-hmm. And he talked funny. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing with the uh, space hijackings. What I did they explain why other than uh, to provoke a war? That was it. They were just trying to provoke a war. Yeah, provoke a war so China could be the new superpower. How much money were they spending to steal these spaceships? Spectre deals with extortion. Okay, they're loaded. <laughs> they had a volcano lair with about a. 150 employees in there. And you throw a rock on it and nobody <laughs> hears it, even though it hits a metal roof. Yeah, but that thing was so I mean, cavernous. Didn't anybody hear anything? Loading up a rocket. <laughs> play, the, play the clip. Well, did anybody hear anything? Didn't anybody see anything? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was, uh, I don't know. It, uh, I don't know. I just got bored with it. You know, Sean Connery, like in some of the other movies that that you've had me watch so far, like I thought he had better performance. And even in like James Bond, the character in this movie, like he just seems like he's just there. Like he just kind of shows up and goes through the paces. And yeah. like, like, I don't know if Sean Connery was just bored with the character or if they just wanted to tone it down or. He more or less was. Because so, he quit it right after this movie, <laughs> so I can kind of see why, and it's probably for the better. Because uh, if, if he was putting in a performance like that, I can see it probably wasn't a bad idea to switch things up. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of the other. If there's any more specific things, did you think it was more or less ridiculous than Goldfinger? Because you liked Goldfinger, but I don't know if you maybe you thought Goldfinger was ridiculous in a like a fun way, or maybe you just thought Goldfinger's more clever. I like Goldfinger, the character, a lot better than any of the other villains so far. Um, and his plan was uh, a lot more fundamentally sound than, uh, and, like, logical than some of these other plans. Well, I don't... I think you should go back and grow up in a time <laughs> during the Cold War. <laughs> and, uh, well, I don't know. I didn't understand... I, was, like the Japanese were going to take over after the Americans and Russians took each other out. No, the Chinese. What? The Chinese. Chinese. Uh, I know it took place off the Sea of Japan. Oh, it was the Chinese? But it was the Chinese that were kind of funny. That, or that, that's who was paying Spectre. Yeah, okay. Whoever was... I didn't understand how they're benefiting from this. Well, But it was super elaborate... You can't find another way to get them to, to start a war with each other. I don't know. It just, uh, it didn't. It it's didn't. A space care. race. It's sixty-seven. I know it was a space <laughs> race. And that's. Uh, it was painfully obvious. It was all topical. <laughs> it was painfully obvious that it was. It's about four years after the Cuban Missile Crisis. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just the villains. How many times are you just gonna let? James Bond walk out after they try to kill. Like, you got to kill this guy. But before you do that, <laughs> we're going to let him go, and then we'll capture him, and we'll hang on to him for a little bit, and then uh, maybe we'll kill him later. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I just... <laughs> it was, it was not, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a last resort. All right. It's a last resort. So uh, now we get to the movie challenge for next recently seen episode. This is a challenge. I have a fun one for you because the next episode is going to be in March. So I gave you the movie Miss March. Made by uh, guys you're fond of. From the whitest kids you know. Yeah, if you like the whitest kids you know, I think uh, there's a good chance you'll like this movie. If you don't know them or you don't like them, maybe Maybe they don't know them, but maybe they, maybe we're the whitest kids people know. (laughs) But uh, I think it's hilarious. 
it's a raunchy teen sex comedy and it's got a lot of surprises all right to look forward to that so uh we'll kind of wrap up the show here and then if you want to stick around for some spoiler filled discussion with you only live twice stick around after that so you can reach out to us you can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com you can follow us on twitter at watch this underscore movie or brett at positively wolf one and please rate and review subscribe on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify many other podcast apps saw cast box get some downloads from there i think we're on pod chaser is that a thing yeah pod bean wherever you listen to us thank you Mm -hmm. head over to our merch store and buy some merch teespring.com slash stores slash wtm watch this movie uh i'm gonna try to finalize uh maybe one or two new designs and get them up there we'll see soon uh, but uh, we got lots of shit up there already for you to peruse and purchase. There you go. All right. Spoilers for You Only Live Twice. So how about the beginning? How was the intro? With the, the astronauts on their spacewalk? Well, it's that and, and Bond getting the, shot. In China or Hong Kong. He was in Hong Kong. I Yeah, I was... I thought he didn't get shot, and then they zoomed in on that little bitty bit of blood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, shouldn't he be riddled with bullet holes? <laughs> well, 67, he can't show it all. <laughs> like, what, did, what did he get? He didn't even get hit. Uh, when they did the naval funeral and just dumped him in the ocean, I, I laughed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> It was so unceremonious. <laughs> <laughs> Just dump him off the side of the ship. Just like mm, he kind of got stuck and they had to like bump the thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then all the they they bring him on to the uh, the submarine and everybody's in their shorts. <laughs> yep. I was telling you, uh, he's too fucking famous. If you gotta fake your death, you're not a very good secret agent. You're supposed to be secret and spying. Even when he became a ninja, he was not a good ninja. Yeah, everybody who knows him though it ends up dying. <laughs> well, a lot of the times the women he sleeps with end up dying, and all the villains end up dying. Nobody's alive to <laughs> tell anyone what he looks like. Everybody knows he's the only one that carries that gun. Yeah, that's come up. Quite a few times in Bond movies, like, who do we know that uses a ball through PPK? <laughs> like, wouldn't you use a little more common weapon? Remember in uh, Doctor No, he he was using a Beretta. Yeah, but that's a that's a woman's gun. It's got it's got a big jamming problem. <laughs> do you carry that in your purse? <laughs> <laughs> that actually, not to get off topic, but. That kind of reminds me of when I watched uh, the original Shaft, and I couldn't believe how many uh, like other black characters just questioned Shaft's blackness. And then here's James Bond, and everybody's his own people are calling him a pussy for using a Beretta, mm-hmm. questioning his manliness. And I'm like, these are not the characters that I was promised. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah, I don't, honestly, I don't even, re- it was, it was almost forgettable. I don't know if I would, just wasn't paying attention. How can you forget them changing a 6'2 Scotsman into a Japanese person? I remember that. <laughs> I remember that. I was trying to remember before that, like, cause there's like an hour <laughs> before they get to that point. So yeah, they give him a wig. And like some prosthetics around his eyes. That wig doesn't even look Japanese. Like it didn't even it looks look like, like a stereotype. They needed to Japanese give him a, a nose job because he's got that that nose that sticks out about fucking six inches from his face, and that's a dead giveaway. Mm-hmm. Everybody else got these wide, flat noses, and here's James Bond hunched over with his big fucking. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering if you caught it or not. I couldn't. 
I should have re- rewound it, but I didn't. Uh, did they say like time to dye you now, like dye your skin? Like right at the end of the procedure, it looked like oh, they were gonna like dye no. your skin, like like were you gonna make him yellow or something? No, you know what they did is they uh, they shaved his chest. Okay. Because they made a point earlier that Japanese men don't have hair on their chest. Yeah. And uh, he was like a fucking bear. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, why don't we just do the parts that show? <laughs> <laughs> but they had to shave his whole body because apparently Japanese men are naturally hairless. Mm-hmm. Do you like all the needlessly elaborate? Uh... Probably not. Yeah, just like all the like the needlessly elaborate meetups. (laughs) So, like he meets up, he meets up with that woman, that contact, and then I think he sees Charles Gray, and then when he meets up with her again, and she like runs away from him, she runs through that alley into that building. He chases (laughs) after her, and then he there's like a hallway that has a. The false floor. It's yeah. like a trap door. Yeah. And he falls down the, the slide into his con- or his next contact's office. I thought she was, was Tanaka, turning it. I thought she was turning on him. Yeah. I'm like, no, I just had to make sure it was you, like, twice. It was weird. <laughs> yeah, because he, uh, he meets her at the sumo match, mm-hmm. and she just sits down next to him, and he's, like, looking at her, kind of side-eye, and then he just sits there for a second. And then the code, the password is, I love you. And he finally says, I love you. <laughs> and she's like, okay, let's go to the hotel. <laughs> All right. Like, well, that could have just been anybody. They could have mm. been a fucking streetwalker. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciated how realistic the sumo matches looked. I bet it was easy because sumo wrestling is fixed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's not a real sport. <laughs> Yeah, the paper wall thing was uh, like they overdid the paper wall thing. Like, there, there's that many paper walls in Japan in 1967. Oh sure. Like I know that was a traditional thing, but uh, like the Mr. Henderson getting stabbed. Oh sure. <laughs> Mr. Henderson getting stabbed through the paper wall, mid sentence. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Instantly dead. And then James Bond running out with his uh, without his shoes. Mm-hmm. Do you think that guy's shoes really fit on James Bond? I don't know. Because he took the guy's shoes and his coat and his hat and his That's face so mask. That's funny. He was like, <laughs> did your accomplice just grow like eight inches? <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then uh, Peter Maivia carries him into the office, doesn't notice he's like, uh, you know, an extra 50 pounds. Yeah. That's then, pretty cool, though, to know that that fight scene there is him and the, the Rock's grandpa. I had... Uh, I feel like I I would. That's guy. I was wondering. I was like, I, you know, I wonder if he's a wrestler. Yeah. I must have heard somewhere that he was in that. It just it doesn't come up uh, as much as you would think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then uh, as we mentioned, uh, James gets so he fights off the Rock's grandfather, and then he steals some stuff out of the safe, and uh, he gets picked up by a key. His original meetup, mm-hmm. and she—I uh, don't know—she acts real shady and fucking lures him into the <laughs> trap, which is just the guy he was going to see anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of ridiculous uh, stuff in there like this. And then he goes right back to that same office the next day as Mister Fisher. Mm-hmm. But where, he didn't see any of those people. Where they? Uh, the one dude, uh, said, well, they've cleaned up his mess. The only guy he saw was uh, The Rock's grandpa because he, he was carried in there. Well, they they cleaned up his mess from the night before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, they clearly have surveillance cameras there. but yeah. Maybe not in that office. No, but he was in that office. They're following him around while he's waiting for the, the head of honcho, Mr. Oh, Osato. The head what? The head honcho. <laughs> That's not racist. <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing at. And then they, they order to kill him, and the guy's 
rolling up with the the machine gun out the window. James Bond strolling real slow in a straight line, mm-hmm. but ten feet in front of him, that's not close enough. So he gets away again. That's something that action movies still do to this day way too often. Yeah. Or like somebody's running in a straight line, you know, and they can't. They're shooting at him and they can't hit him. <laughs> right. Like uh, there's a scene in Mission Impossible. Directly in front of him. Mission Impossible Rogue Nation where he's running down this very tight hallway. It's a some brick hallway. Mm-hmm. Very tight quarters. There's two guys with AK-47 just unloading on him <laughs> as he's running away from him. And it just keeps on hitting the walls to the side of him. I you, just by accident you would hit somebody. <laughs> yeah. Like you, even if you tried to miss him, you probably wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't know why they scripted the scene to be yeah. shot that way. Is like just have them go around the corner as they start firing. Mm-hmm. Problem solved. Yeah. Because he get, gets to the end of the hallway and turns, and then he's out of. Because <laughs> there's a locked gate that they can't get past. Oh yeah. So they're shooting through the gate down the hallway. <laughs> and it's like the only blemish on that movie, pretty much. Not the only one, but the most glaring <laughs> the most one. most glaring one. Yeah, I don't know. It was just... Then we get him turning Japanese, which... Like, I really think so. Like, literally not metaphorically like that song. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what that song's about, right? <laughs> What's that? It's about masturbation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I never really listened to it. Well, I used to watch I Love the 80s a lot, so... <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch a lot of VH1. Yeah, I, lo- I loved You Only Live Twice a lot as a kid because of the, you know, dying and coming back to life. That was so, oh, he really does live twice. <laughs> Not like he really died, but like, I thought it was cool that he faked his death. And I like the big spectacle action scenes. I mean, Yolt, Yolt doesn't have the same ring as YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Both Blofeld does say you only live twice in the movie. Mm-hmm. How many times have you seen James Bond smoke? By the way, because they keep talking about how much he smokes, and I don't. I well, Goldfinger don't... when he lit up his cigarette at the exact moment that he set that bomb off in the beginning. <laughs> I just don't. I don't remember seeing him smoke that frequently. Maybe I'm just not paying attention. Maybe it's so ingrained in my subconscious that I don't even see people smoking anymore. Yeah. Raj Moore doesn't smoke all that much. He still does, but not much. He smokes more cigars than anything. I can't remember if Timothy Dalton does. Maybe not. But I know Pierce Brosnan doesn't. Daniel Craig didn't. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, um, it'll be interesting to... Uh, I know you can't wait until you've seen all the Bond films. But the <laughs> the film before this, Thunderball. Now, that was written by Ian Fleming and... One or two other people. Um, Kevin McClory is his name. Now, they're both kind of credited with that, and they kind of had a falling out over, you know, who was more responsible for Thunderball. Mm-hmm. Like, it was mainly my idea, you know. And there was a big, long court case. And since Blofeld came from Thunderball, that story, Blofeld character would disappear uh, soon in the timeline of James Bond. He's in... The next two, Honor, Majesty's Secret Service, and Diamonds Are Forever. But after that, uh, the character didn't return until... uh, There's another Roger Moore film where they kind of do away with that character, but they don't call him Blofeld. Hmm. You don't see his face. But in the 80s, early 80s, uh, 82 or so maybe, Kevin McClory actually won uh, his case, but he just won the rights to tell the story of Thunderball. (laughs) So he could remake it if he wanted to, and yeah. he did. And he got Sean Connery to come back and play James Bond because by that time, James Bond hated the Broccoli's, the yeah. Broccoli. So he's like, yeah, fuck those guys. I'll go do James Bond. So there was a summer in 83 where there was dueling James Bonds. Octopussy came out in the same summer as Never Say Never Again. So Never Say Never Again is a remake of Thunderball. And... I can't remember who plays Blofeld in there, but yeah, it's weird because it's like two different James Bonds. Like, which one's gonna do better? And uh, Roger Moore one did better. And Never Say Never Again is considered not canon, hmm. but it's still a pretty decent James Bond movie. 
I like it. It's you know, it he hadn't played Bond in twelve years. Yeah. But he was still technically younger than Roger Moore. So it's kinda like, well, who gives a shit? <laughs> when Roger Moore took over, he was three years older than Sean Connery. I guess uh yeah. That happens. But yeah. I hope they do that with the next James Bond. <laughs> I saw everybody's favorite musical artist, Billy Eilish, suggested <laughs> that Michael B. Jordan be the next James Bond. <laughs> And I'm all for Americans playing iconic British characters <laughs> because British actors have played too many iconic American characters and we need to even the score. Yeah. Even it out. Frankly, I don't mind British people playing Americans as much as I mind British people saying Americans can't do British accents. That's fucking bullshit. There's like 170 different accents yeah. in the UK, basically. And so it's kind of like, well, this one doesn't sound like mine. It's like, well, yeah, because there's so many different ones clustered together. Well, you know, back uh, probably, I don't know, anything from maybe 400 years ago or more, you know, all those people all had British accents already. It's just weird that they all developed different languages since then. (laughs) Like the Greeks (laughs) and the Romans. Even like the conquistadors. Yep. <laughs> World history with Mr. Positivity. I mean, every movie you see about those eras, they all talk in British accents. <laughs> that they do. And then you got them playing like, I was thinking about Schindler's List today and that a bunch of the Germans are played by Brits. <laughs> they just got to have a German accent, you know? Yeah. Or in Glorious Bastards where they're Brits, you know, undercover as Germans. Yeah. And the only thing that gives him, well, he has a, a weird accent, but what really gives him away is the way he. This is the number three. Yeah, with his hand. He doesn't do the white power version. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think he does. Isn't that what it is? Or does he do the, the in between? I can't remember. But anyways, we're now firmly off topic. So, yeah, anything else you want to add to You Only Live Twice? It wasn't very good. Yeah. So out of, you've seen, well, you, you've already seen one Roger Moore film, but out of the four Conneries you've seen, Gold, Goldfinger's your favorite. Yeah. And then Dr. Doctor, Doctor Doctor no was pretty good. Uh, the other two uh, I didn't care for. Which one is your least favorite then? Uh, this one or From Russia With Love? I don't know. Probably this one. Yeah. It's probably close though. Yeah. All right. Well, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right. Check you later. Bye. Wait, man. Why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man. You lost my case.